Hello. Hello, Merlin. Hi, Dan. How's it going? I'm going fine. Just fine. How are you? I'm confused and overwhelmed. Uh, what's it wrong? L- I added a link to show notes. Yeah. And then I went to make sure I'd quoted the right text, and I thought I was on the wrong episode because it looks like there's six, seven, eight, 435 Amazon links for books in the show notes. 435? I Just a quick check. I was just uh, satisficing. I'm guessing, is this going to be about Amazon? No, um, those are the uh, book suggestions that came in for um, my boy. I, I only uh, added, I don't think there's that many. Yeah. I think there's, there's a there's few. There's like 20, yeah. Yeah, 20. I, I figured I would put them in there. Um, <laughs> I'm going to make some recommendations too. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, good I don't morning. Plan to t- I don't plan to talk about all of them, but I figured that the audience would want to know what they were and what Percents better place. Percents baby. You know uh, what I'm saying? You I know guess. what I'm saying? I guess. It's Tuesday. It's January 22nd, and Tuesday is the optimistic day, so I know this is going to be a good one. Oh, good. Glad I can feel it in that. my bones. Mm. In my bones. Mm. Yeah, I had weird sleep last night. What happened? I did too. <laughs> It's oh, a full moon. It's a freaking full moon. Full moon, full moon, dragon blood. Ugh. Um, yeah, yeah. I got my sleep's been weird lately. Um, yeah, I had my big house dream. Big house dream? I don't want to get into it because people don't like hearing about dreams, but I have a, I have a kind of dream that's called the, I call it the big house dream where okay, it involves a big house and I, and I keep discovering new rooms in the house. You know, it's not like me to call you out for being wrong. Okay. Um, mainly because anything, I feel like we push back against what a lot of people call callback or call out culture. We we're, we're fighting that actively. Yeah, no. And, and generally speaking, I feel like you're, you're correct, but there's oh, one thing you're you. wrong about and you've said okay. it many times. And I, I feel like after this long together, 400 and what is this? 10 episodes? Some 410, something like that. Yeah. That I can, I can chime in and, and, and just share this. This is keeping the marriage fresh, baby. It's like walking in with a garter belt. You're making it happen. (laughs) You've said many times, no one wants to hear other people's dreams. No one wants to hear other people's dreams. And I think you're wrong. I oh, think, no, no, no. It's an affliction. I think other people do want to hear other people's mm. dreams. And I think that I want to hear your dream. And I think that the audience wants to hear your dream. No. It's true. No. Yes. No. Yes. Mm. I think you're wrong. I'm going to no, go on. No. And anyway, I listen, ha- hashtag Merlin's wrong about uh-huh. the dream thing. Please don't make me go viral. Um, I, th- I, I think people viral. do want to hear it, not only about other people's dreams, but especially about your dreams. Well, could be. I think that is very unusual. I think, I think most people actively, I had a professor, my sponsor one year in college who had a, um, what's the word for it? More than a phobia. Like just, he, re- he could not hear other people's dreams. And it's weird because he liked magic realism, but he, he, re- he was, he had a morbid fear of being told other people's dreams. It was a, he was a very interesting guy, Dr. Dykstra. A fear of that. Uh, well, I mean, like imagine if there's a, I mean, I don't, I know you well enough to know, but imagine that there's something in your life that is like your eldritch horror, that there is something in your life that you fear even imagining you can't, you don't even want to think about thinking about it. If you have anything like that in your life, for some people that could be something like a uh, fear of heights or yeah. um, flying or like, you know, in an ex- example of like an extreme case of anxiety, you feel like you're going to run out of breath and have a heart attack. I'm sorry, I don't want to trigger anybody, but um, that's uh, that's how Dr. Dykstra was about dreams. I think A, most people absolutely do not want to hear about dreams. And B, when they say they want to hear about dreams, turns out, I think it's because they want to tell other people their, their, their dreams. Well, and it, you may be it's right. It becomes a kind of like, it becomes a kind of um, nighttime uh, key party. Uh, you may be right in, in general, but you're not right for me and the audience. That's so, mm, but you in particular, you like when people tell you their dreams? I love to hear about dreams. Just this morning, my girl was telling me about uh, a, that she had a dream and the whole dream was just, she had finally gotten her dream house. And so she was describing it and her whole dream was just her exploring the house and looking at all the different rooms. And that's a version of the big house dream. That's what I, that's what I was saying when you said that, that, that I really want to hear it. Mm. I mean, it's no, the, the problem is when you describe a dream, I've gone through this with John Syracuse. I've done this too, as the youth say, troll John Syracuse because mm. he actively thinks my dreams are weird and doesn't like hearing them. So I like to visit them upon him. 
as a kind of curse or hex. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, when somebody tells a dream, even people, people who, hmm, see, now I'm going to make some broad uh, sweeping uh, accusations that I don't know to be true, but I find it difficult because dreams are, as John says, brain garbage. It's basically your your brain's processing stuff. I'm not a dream expert. Don't email me. But I know that dreams are not a story that your brain tells. It's basically you happen to be there while a bunch of trash goes by on the conveyor belt and you turn it into a story. That that much I understand. But, um, you know, I just, uh, there's a variety of dreams. I only dream about a few kinds of things, but they all have a common theme of there's something very important I have to do but can't do. It's ultimately about productivity and scheduling. I okay. Think. All right. Yeah. Do you have favorite dreams? Now, I almost never remember my dreams. Oh, no. So you're like the starving man who wants to watch people eat. <laughs> maybe that's... Is that you? Maybe that's what it you is. You do have maybe a pretty fat why. diet. Like, could, is, could that be part of it? Uh, yeah. I used to remember them when I was young, but as I got older, I remember them less and less. And the ones that I do remember are not interesting or, or good. And occasionally... Yeah. They're stupid dreams, like, you know, the kind that everyone has where you're just sort of like you falling and then you, ah, ah. yes, 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 yes. That's Absolutely. mainly the dreams that I have now. If I even remember them. I sometimes, I get mad at I'm, I'm not sometimes. complaining, Merlin. I'm happy to not remember any of the, the dreams. Isn't that, is it frustrating to you? Not at all. Frustrating. It frustrates me a little bit. And that's why this is where it became a bit on reconcilable differences. Is I would sometimes, when I wake up in the morning, write them down. Oh. And they're so impossibly stupid and impressionistic that it's fun to visit them um, upon John Syracuse. Okay. I've never read you my dreams before. No. Mm. Oh, Jesus. These are so bad. I'll, I'll, let me see if I can find one of my favorites. Um, there's a good one that involves Scarlett Johansson. She mm. comes up a lot in my dreams. Mm -hmm. Not for sexy reasons. No, I assure you. Well, it, it would go real different if that <laughs> was what was happening. Um, oh, my God. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Let me see if I can find this. Let's dream Scarlett uh-huh and all um, sure for your dream log well i got them all here <laughs> no, it's um, good. It, I, I like that all the rage was the scarlett johansson branded protective helmet it's a colorful helmet it's a planner <laughs> with 11 specific draining holes and it's an important crucible for ideas we met at a media event held at a junior high scarlett was polite but perfunctory then there was a very small hotel room with glass walls and doors stocked with herbal bourbons ice machine didn't work scarlett said no way am i drinking that shit she was serious and smart might be las vegas <laughs> that was very good. Uh, March 12th, 2017. That one's a favorite. I'm gonna give that one a star. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting stuff. I mean, I think you can kind of do a funny wraparound with dreams where if, if one accepts that they are a kind of brain garbage, you know, I mean, again, I don't know a lot about this, but it's my understanding that one, one thing that's important about sleep is that your brain, and because we tend to have this really almost medieval idea of how our mind, let's call it, works. We tend to look at it in these certain models, sometimes as a computer, sometimes as a series of different little like independent organs. But I mean, I think part of it is that good sleep, one, one benefit of good sleep is that you're getting REM sleep, you're getting deep sleep, you're getting light sleep, you're getting combination. And that at these different stages of sleep, your brain is doing a certain amount of, you know, like how at Disney World, they, they do all the maintenance in the middle of the night? Yes. I think it's similar to that. I think they're they're taking out the trash through the day, but then at night, they're, the, it's the way it's been explained to me. Again, it's so important not to email me. But supposedly, what happens is that your brain is doing some uh, paperwork at night that it's organizing things that happen throughout the day and putting them into the right areas and making sense of them. And I think that might be part of what's happening. But then the reason I say it's a wraparound is you could choose to find them significant and meaningful. Even if you look at it as a story, you know, a lot of people can look at different stories and come up with different ideas about what happened, even if it's a brain garbage story. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's, there is a value to that. There's a value to interpreting the dream, but the one advice that I received, the one bit of advice that I received about dreams is it, it's not so much like, oh, I, I dreamt about uh, frogs and I'm going to go look up what a frog means. Oh, no, sure. It's yeah, more, yeah, yeah. what does the frog mean to you? 
You know, that's the way to interpret your dream. It's like, okay, so uh, a friend of mine at one point, she had a dream where she was, um, I guess she was at the hair salon getting her hair done. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the person who was doing her hair kept saying, you know what, uh, we're going to, we're going to color your hair. We're going to dye your hair and it, you know, we're going to make it whatever. I just, a red or whatever color in, in the dream. And, and she, um, she, at the end of the dream, she kept saying, uh, no, no, I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to do that. No dying, no dying, no, no dying. dying, no dying. You know, and this had to do with, you know, some kind of fear of dying and some other issues she had oh, about oh, feeling out pun. of control. She in her had life. A dream right. Pun. But that was like, the you know so sometimes mm. it's more about what the thing in the dream means to you as opposed to you know what some book says that all oh, a spider represents the fear of whatever yeah, you know i mean that's so culturally specific and yeah I, I, you see dan you know how i'm really good at communications yeah it's kind of maybe one of my great things is i'm really good at communications yes and i try to adapt my communications to the people I'm talking to, you know, have a certain amount of what uh, Navy SEALs call situational awareness. Mm -hmm. And as you know, I love to read the room. I I really believe heavily in reading the room. So, um, you know, it's sort of like, like when I meet somebody at a party, I ask them what they're excited about right now, because almost everybody's excited about something, things like that. You learn little tricks. Uh, You might call them life hacks. One way that I like to speak to a dreamer that I think is sensible I, I, there's one thing I don't do and one thing I do do. The do thing do. I don't do is tell them that that's silly and doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Because of course it's silly and doesn't make sense. It's brain garbage. I don't think it's valuable or to tell people, oh, that reminds me of this book or this movie. Like, don't do that. Let the person just have their dream. Stop trying to frame it in a way that makes sense to you. If they're going to tell you your dream and you have to sit through that horrible, horrible thing of someone telling you a dream, don't do that. The thing I will do is say, and I do this a lot with my daughter, who does tell me her terrible dreams, her stupid dreams, is I will say, huh. So when that happened in the dream, do you remember how you felt? About right, it? right. Because if you think about it, the thing that makes, to me, the part that makes dreams excruciating to listen to is that, at least for me, the, the, the strongest uh, residue of a dream is the feeling about what was happening. Mm-hmm. And what makes dreams so odd is sometimes something very strange, something fairly strange is happening that you feel it seems very normal in the dream. Or there's different flavors of that, where sometimes different kinds of things elicit different kinds of feelings. You could have a dream where you just feel panicky the whole time. And I, I don't know, that to me is encouraging someone to talk about how they remember feeling in the dream. I think that's a nice thing to do. But don't tell people that reminds me of Harry Potter. Like, don't do that. <laughs> is that you something you've, you've been told? Oh, I tell everybody that. Oh, oh. oh that reminds me of Harry Potter. Oh. More like Hagrid, am I right? No, don't do that. <laughs> don't tell people your dreams. Dr. Dykstra, the late Dr. Dykstra, he was a good man. I had, uh, I had two different short story classes with him because I was a very, very aggressive academic. I've read, I've, I've read more Flannery O'Connor short stories than you have hot dinners. Wow. Um, that's how my daughter got her middle name. Oh, very cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, her middle name is a good man is hard to find. Hold for laugh. Um... <laughs> It's an optimistic day, Dan. <laughs> Cut me a break. All Cut right. me a break. Okay. I don't have too, 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 too much today. Maybe, you know, um, if I could suggest, I don't know if you have a plan for today. Maybe um, we could slide in your books uh, after we do a little follow-up. Yeah. And you could tell me some of the ones you're particularly excited about. All right. I have a little bit of follow-up. Yeah. Well, it's follow-up and front matter. Um, I'm going to ask you in a minute how the science fair Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. If that has gone. Uh, yes. I have a recommendation a uh, for a podcast, uh, specifically a podcast episode, but a podcast I, I can't believe I like as much as I do. You know me and the turns out stuff. I'm not a fan of the turns out stuff. You know, the surprising results. But like, this is, uh, as uh, some people would say, the exception that proves the rule. Mm. Oh, is that papyrus? Yeah. <laughs> You let him set that in papyrus? Hey, we can do whatever he wants. This oh my God, this is, you made this for him. No, I did not. Yes, you did. I so did not. You set, most most of it's set in Helvetica. That's his choice. He said, oh. I want to do this one and this, and I want to set the other one in Helvetica. I said, what oh, about Helvetica right. New? Fine, and he said, that's fine. fine. Noi. I did, Noi. I did. Um, oh my God. I, I, do you want to cut I, straight to this now that this has already no, come up? no. Oh my God! I, this is I did help this is him beautiful. pick font sizes. 
And mm-hmm. I, I did. Did, did you, did you uh, make a case for, uh, <laughs> for papyrus? No, that was all him. Have you seen the Saturday Night Live sketch? No. Okay. I'll put that in notes. Um, is it the one where they set all the other movies in papyrus and. No, that's Todd. Oh. Um, okay. Let's come back to that. Okay, and so I, I did help him with the page breaks so that we could cut them correctly, but he did everything That's what I did. In else. Google Docs, I added all the page breaks. Yes. That's about, that's about all I did. He wow, typed it all. This is a really good science fair project. <laughs> You should redact it. What's that? I don't recognize that first name of his. So, uh, <laughs> the, uh, turns out stuff, uh, I don't know. It's an old bit for me, but like, you know, the whole, like, what do people say? So this is the exception that proves the rule. Arguably one of the granddaddies of turns out culture setting aside uh, that horrible Malcolm Gladwell man is the book Freakonomics. And, uh, Freakonomics is, uh, uh a book and now a, a really good radio show and podcast, hosted by Stephen Dubner, one of the co-authors of the book. And it's uh, basically, um, it's about behavioral economics. And uh, the, it's just a super interesting field that we've talked about. We've talked about Daniel Kahneman. We've talked about this whole field of the irrationality of human behavior. In the, it seems like you would imagine that most people in economics, for years we've assumed that people are rational actors in economics, that they're looking to maximize their value, minimize their risk. But there are so many funny things in human behavior that, seem to uh, work across purposes with what straight economics would tell you to do. And I find it a very, very interesting topic. It's, it's of the turns out stuff. I end up really enjoying it. So I would say check out uh, the podcast, which might be on FN Stitcher. I don't know. I, I listen to it in Overcast. But yeah. Freakonomics Radio, I always enjoy it. Um, and there's an episode that came up in my feed that I think is a rerun but I love this. I listened to this yesterday. It's an episode called Think Like a Winner. Mm. And it's the, it's part of a series on uh, what's called The Hidden Side of Sports. A real turns out kind of douche title, but very good series. So, and it's about all the stuff we do with, you know, trying to be, um, you know, all the strictly physical stuff of athletics. But this episode is all about the mental side of athletics. And as you could probably guess by extension, the way that normal non-athletic people could benefit from things that elite or even just very good athletes do to improve their performance. And, you know, I think it's very good. They, they talk with a bunch of people who they talk in particular with people who are like coaches. Now, most coaches or most teams, big teams, especially in baseball, football, et cetera, have like a mental training teacher. There's a coach, like a coach who's there to help you improve your mental game. So their only, their only job is just to focus on the mental aspect of of playing, of winning, of getting in, in the in right a sense, mindset. I think it's heavily integrated and probably heavily personalized. But in the same way that any psychologist would try to zone in on the stuff that's on your mind or the stuff that is obviously hanging you up, they can help you do stuff involving visualization, mm. different kinds of non-physical practice. And, um, this is not to be placed under the ages of, oh my gosh, Merlin seems to like sports now. That's not what this is. This is more about stuff that you as, as a normal could take away from the practices of athletes. And, uh, again, exception that proves the rule. But, um, I mentioned it on Twitter the other day, but I would recommend checking out since show notes and overcast link to the Freakonomics radio episode 363. Think like a winner. I really enjoyed it. Think like a winner. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of it is. I remember at one point, even in my, my terrible alcoholic band, um, at one point I, I used to always say, Oh, let's go to, let's go to practice tonight. And the other guitar player would say, well, you know, this isn't really practice. This is, this is rehearsal. It's not practice. There's a difference. And I was like, what do you mean? Practice versus rehearsal? He's like, yeah, there's a big difference. Like practice is when you sit with an instrument and you do scales or you learn music or you focus on the like technical component of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But the distinction is a rehearsal is you're kind of almost, you're acting like it's a performance and then you're finding where the problems are right. based on that. Right, right. And So you're and not I really, heard, you're not really trying to, if I'm understanding, you're saying in, in a rehearsal, you're not trying to necessarily figure things out and get better. It, you're trying to say, this is what we're about to put up on stage. Was there anything really wrong with it? That we need to I think fix. That's, I think that's part of it. Here's, let me just put it a slightly different way. Um, you ever go to the batting cages? Oh, yeah. And it's like, you know, you put me in the 45 MPH right. batting cage. Sure. And I'll hit a few. When I was a younger man, I could hit a few. I wasn't a, I wasn't a terrible hitter. I was a pretty okay hitter. But you put me in like the 65 MPH, 
I'm going to be hitting a lot fewer balls. Mm -hmm. You put me in like whatever the, whatever the higher ones are, which I very rarely went to like 80 mile per hour. I'm not going to be hitting a lot of those. I've never even whatever been in one cage of those. you go into, you're practicing, you're practicing hitting, you're focusing exclusively. You're not practicing running. Mm -hmm. The next thing you do after you hit the ball is run, but you're not, you're focusing on this one aspect of this. When you hit a bucket of balls, you know, at a driving range, you're practicing your swing with, you know, kind of great concentration. So, but another, another angle on this that I think is pretty huge in stuff like golf, I think it's pretty huge in a lot of these is visualization and sort of, they talk a lot about pitchers getting into a certain zone in their head before they go out or place kickers are another huge one. Place right. kickers. If you think about what an NFL place kicker or punter or whatever, anybody who kicks like, you know, if you, if you did a Google sheet on how much money they made per successful kick. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> they're probably making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. Per kick. It's interesting if you think about that. Yeah. But they need to, in a lot of cases, they need to get their mind right. They need to get to where, when they're in this clutch situation where anything could happen, where the crowd might be really loud, they need to account for all of those things and already have kicked the ball in their mm -hmm. head. I know this sounds like Chevy Chase, <laughs> but, uh, but that's a very interesting thing to me. And uh, actually this... Um, comes down to this guy named um, Bob Bob Tewksbury, who I think was a pitcher. His recipe for success. So this is this sounds you know pretty simple, but his recipe for success: four steps: slow down, breathe, engage in positive self-talk, and then focus on the task at hand. And all the people that he coaches about this stuff, he says to them, "You come up with this sort of mantra or, you know, affirmation, if you like, that helps you get into the zone for what you're doing. So like by the time you get up to do those pitches, you've kind of already done the pitch in your head. You know mm -hmm. what it should look like. Right. I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting because it, it could go for lots of people. We already all do, at least for me, I'll speak for myself. I do a lot of self-talk that's not necessarily very positive. Um, and I definitely forget to slow down. If you just let your brain race all the time, it's going to be difficult to be in the zone because, you know, everything's a shiny bike to ride. It, it, uh, I just thought it was very interesting for people. I, this is going way long for a recommendation, but um, I would suggest checking it out. Freakonomics. Freakonomics. You know, there, there, there is, um, there's old studies that were done, and I'm not sure if they've ever been repeated, where they took two different basketball teams or two different, one half of a team and another half of a team. I forget what they did. And they had... Um, each of them would go and one group went and practiced for two hours mm -hmm. and the other one practiced for an hour and then for the other hour, like visualized or thought about winning, okay. thought about yeah. making every, every shot, you know, and, and everything else. And the ones that did the visualization in addition to the regular practicing did better than the ones who just <laughs> practiced the whole time. You could also just lay on your rug, you know, listening to whale sounds yeah. and bowling pins. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I love yeah. that shot. Yes. <laughs> um, your, your pick, it's Hobson's Choice. You can either go straight to Moisture Burgers or you could tell me about something you like. Uh, let me, you know what? Let me just tell you about something that I like. I'd love to hear about something you like. I will tell you about it. Uh, the first one that I have to tell you about today is Bombfell. <laughs> Um, Phil, I have an anecdote. You do? Do you want to open with it? Well, no, you know what? Tell, read what they told you to say, and then I'll give you my... I have an anecdote from Sunday about Bombfell. Oh, okay, cool. Well, Bombfell, let me tell you what it is. This is an easier way for men to get better clothes. You complete a questionnaire, and then you get matched one-to-one -one with a dedicated personal stylist. Uh, they, they, uh, they will work with you and find stuff that you like, and then they will send it to you. They never charge above retail price. They offer free shipping and free returns and you get the awesome home try on. And what's really cool. My favorite part of it is you, it's, it doesn't show up at, as a surprise. I mean, unless you don't check your email, then I guess it would be a surprise. But mm. if you check your email, they send you uh, an email that has a link and pictures of the stuff that they're going to send you for your home try on. You can preview it and then you can edit it. So you can be like, no, 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 no. You're not sending me that sweater, buddy. 
not that they're sweaty. good, but they're also very open to the idea of you going, no, you can even, what I love is you can go in and say stuff like, don't send me shorts. Right, right. And it's and, really, you can be really specific about what you do and don't want. And what was really cool was I had put down that I wanted like a, like a, a new sport coat, you know, and, uh, and, and they said, well, you know, I'm going to keep that in mind, but this, this time around, I have this stuff for you and I think you're really going to like it, but I'll keep the sport code in mind for when we, you know, when we get something that I think will suit you. And, and, but like, it's like a human being on the other end of it. It's not, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it's a real person Mm -hmm. who gets style, who's interested in your style. It's fully personalized. It's handpicked for you. And then you've got, like I said, 48 hours to make any changes or you can just cancel the whole thing if you want. And whatever I swapped out, I, I saw there was one sweater that I'm like, it's green. I don't really want, I'm not a guy that likes to wear green. And he's like, Oh, no problem. And he came up with another thing. And instead I got this really cool other sweater that said, a, a, awesome color. I really like it. And here's the thing. You get them and you have seven days. You decide what you want to keep and you send the rest back. But they have this cool thing. It's called a keep more, get more. So if you keep four items or more, you get 20% off. If you keep three, you get 15% off. If you keep two, you get 10% off, but it's totally flexible. You can uh, receive them when you want. You can pause or cancel whenever you want. And, uh, and it's, it's super cool. And I love this. And, um, this is something that, by the way, I think, uh, would be interesting for, for spouses, for partners too. You could get this for your uh, significant other and, uh, and, and it's a great gift to make in that sense too. So, um, yeah. What's your anecdote though? Well, okay. First of all, let me just piggyback quickly and say like, okay, I just logged into my bomb fell. Yeah. And I think they must have figured out, this sounds negative, but it's actually super positive. I think they figured out that there are certain kinds of things that are certain trends or types of clothes in fashion that are very divisive that some people really like and some people really don't. So you can't assume that everybody's going to want that. So you can go in. I love the section called don't send. Yeah. There's a section called don't send. It's like (laughs) anything you do don't want to be sent to you. So like you could say, never send me button fly jeans, button down collars, graphic shirts, or V-necks wool. Never send me stripes, all of those kinds of things. Right. And then you can go in and say your budget and all of that. I don't know. This anecdote's not particularly. I I, I had occasion to uh, leave the house on Sunday. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Because I had to go do... um, a thing with John Roderick and on stage and uh, I got on stage. And first of all, it was funny because John and I were both wearing exactly the same brand and actually like same, like serial number of shoes. We no had, they way. Both had the exact same Doc Martin shoes. In different <laughs> colors. That's amazing. Every, every single piece of clothes that I was, you can cut this out if Bonfell doesn't like this. Every single piece of clothing that I was wearing had something to do with podcasting. I'd either like gotten it from podcasting things or because of a podcasting challenge. <laughs> but the shirt that I was wearing that night, I had literally that day taken out of the Bonfell box and put it on. I got so many nice compliments and it's not a shirt I would have bought for myself. That's the whole thing. It's the weird, the weird part of it is like so far they've been really good at getting something that's a little nicer, like in terms of quality and slightly more ambitious in terms of a look than I would pick for myself. Cause I'm super quotidian when it comes to clothes. Right. Right. But I was super happy with it. I had all, I was wearing all brand new clothes and I felt great. I felt like a gentleman. I like the service a lot and I gave them my official okie-dokie. Bombfell. Bombfell. Well, they make it, they do make it really fun to go through your profile because you can, um, you can like check off things. Like I'm looking at it right now. Like you get to kind of pick your body shape, but then it says any fit issues to take note of. And like, there's people, you know, like people have weird little things about themselves. So like your options <laughs> And Everybody's I love, special, Dan. Everybody's I love special. the choices that they give you under the any fit issues to take note of. Long arms, short arms, mm-hmm. thick arms, broad shoulders, man boobs, big belly, mm-hmm. big butt, small butt. <laughs> Fat fun. kids, skinny kids, kids who climb on rocks. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's fun and it's all in good fun. And like you said, they do pick stuff out that's going to be in some t- sometimes outside of your comfort zone, but it'll it'll uh, it'll stretch that comfort zone and you'll find that you can wear more than you think you can wear. So they have a special deal for our listeners, 25 bucks off your first purchase. If you go to bombfell, which is B O M B F E L L bombfell.com slash back to work. 
You go there and you'll get 25 percent, 25%, sorry, 25 bucks off your first mm-hmm. purchase, not 25%, 25 bucks yep. off of that. And again, URL bombfell.com slash back to work for 25 bucks off your first purchase. Thanks to Bombfell for making this show possible. Merlin Man. Buck buck Bombfell. You get me. You get me sometimes. <laughs> you get me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're gonna zag and you zig. Yeah. Woo! Um, boy, this is really good looking. We did the same thing for our science thing. I think a similar thing. Oh, you got an emoji? Yeah, we wrote. Yeah, I I, the the emoji was my contribution to the project. Well, my kid, because she's like this. She first of all, she just wants new new art supplies, so she wanted to go to the store and get all these things, and then she wanted to immediately start writing without drafting anything. Wanted to immediately start writing on the tripartite Hegelian board, and I said, "Why don't you write it up in Google Docs on your Chromebook that you love so much? You should marry it." Why don't you write it up, and then we'll just cut it up and do like you guys did with some glue stick. And it uh, looks like you guys did something similar. Tell me about Meat versus Moisture by Cash Benjamin. Yes, this is his, he came up with the title. So it all, it started out with, you know, we had... <laughs> Most ambitious crossover ever. Yeah. <laughs> we... <laughs> we take Burger King, Mighty Fine, Wendy's, and Homeburger. <laughs> well, uh, so we... Who we... lives, who dies in Meat versus Moisture. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we did. And, is there uh, a Stan Lee cameo I, I would love that. So we basically... Uh, let these burgers sit and um, and decay. You wanted and to see decompose. which ones showed rotting. Yeah. What was the official? So what's the the question? Oh, here it is, right it's here on in, the question. There. Will burgers with artificial preservatives decay slower than ones with few or no preservatives? Right. That was our question, and um, and so we were <clears throat> we were surprised. Because if you can see his hypothesis is we think the McDonald's burger will decay slowest because it has the most preservatives. That was Mm -hmm. our theory. But the reality and what we discovered, and this is what's so great about science, is uh, we discovered that the amount of preservatives or, or theorized preservatives have nothing to do with how these things decay. It's all about moisture and how moist the burgers are. And what we found was that the burgers that had, and so technically this was a mistake, but it was one of those things like, oh, it's uh, like you discovered penicillin. We discovered penicillin by mistake because uh-huh. the bur- burgers, when I ordered them, I just went to the various fast food establishments and said, I want a cheeseburger. And I didn't specify anything other than that. And so that was part of the experiments. What do you get when you just order a cheeseburger? So at McDonald's, and uh, and uh, mighty fine, um, you you just get a burger with cheese and like nothing else on it really. Maybe a little mm-hmm. squirt of ketchup. But at like Wendy's, you get tomato and lettuce. And I think at um, mighty fine and Burger King, you also get tomato and lettuce. But the one that we made at home was just cheese. And so the ones that had those moisture creating items like the lettuce and the tomato, those got way grosser way faster and the one that we made at home had the least it had the Hmm. least decaying and least gross so we studied stuff on here we were required to have three different references so we found a couple different youtube video and two articles that explained this in depth and um and so we put all that together onto the thing and then stuck it up to the poster but he there was this worksheet that came with it and that basically, if you just if you just follow the worksheet step by step, it tells you exactly what to do and like ha- helps you write everything. And it's like guidelines that then once you have that, then you just take what you've written and type it up and it's going to look like this. So it's mm-hmm. it's really helpful. But he's like, Dad, it's optional. I don't need to write it. See, it says optional. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but if you do it, you'll get an A, and that's what we want you to do. So you're you're gonna La- laziness <laughs> and fear are the childhood cocktail. <laughs> I they, love they, it. They, laziness they, and fear they pair so nicely because on the one hand, for my kid, she's always been very cautious. The last thing she wants to do is to be wrong or to be reprimanded by oh, her teacher yeah. for yeah, yeah. like being ambitious. <laughs> right? She's like, they didn't tell us to do that. It's like it's okay. Uh, listen, ambition is good. Yeah, but then that's under the, then the mixer in that is laziness. There's one last thing for me to do. Yeah, 
Did they tell you, just out of curiosity, this is way more than they ask us to do. Um, did, were you specifically admonished not to use Wikipedia? I'm curious. Oh, um, no. no, not that I saw. No, but we didn't. But I'm not. wondering how soon we're going to get that because I imagine we're going to get that soon. Do not use that, Wikipedia. That, I mean, because, you know, like right now, I mean, this is funny. I actually, I was listening to uh, Chris Hayes' podcast uh, with a woman about Amazon was, oh, chilling. Very good. I'll find for show notes about Amazon and how, how the economy's changed. One of the big take-homes, there's so many take-homes from what's happening with Amazon that, that are chilling. And one of them is that a lot of people have stopped going to search engines to search for items. Uh, and the reason, the pivot here is like, if I need to buy something, I go straight to Amazon. If I want to watch a video online, guess what? I go to YouTube. If I want the top level, the top line, the log line on right. a given topic, I go to Wikipedia. That's always where I go. Right. And for all of those things, my kid's exactly the same way. We're shopping for a beanbag chair. She doesn't go to Google. She goes straight to Amazon. And, you know, so, I mean, that's part of my workflow. And I know that's part of my kid's workflow mm -hmm. is that Wikipedia is the first thing she clicks to oh, yeah. like, look up anything. Yeah, they didn't but, say you know, not and to Wikipedia's use Wikipedia is never wrong. I think you've stipulated. <laughs> yes, it's all, always right. <laughs> Always right. Um, you should make, maybe you could redact the name part, but you should make this the Rotting Burgers good okay. show art. I'll do it. Show art. Anyway, congratulations to Cash. This is a beautiful science fair. Well, it's uh, we're bringing it to school tomorrow. That always is a little nerve wracking. Uh, I'll, I'll take it. Ours is not as good, but I will send it to you privately. The best part was she did have the presence of mind. We, I, we kept talking so much about the cow magnet component of her magnet experiment oh yeah. she actually did write up a paragraph on what a cow magnet is and then we found a like an old kind of stock photo stock um clip art looking thing of like <laughs> of a cow with like a spatula in its stomach or something <laughs> and that was the kids had a lot of questions about right because right, we learned we learned last week that the cows don't use lip their lips to to check they and don't see differentiate if, right <laughs> they're just eating machines they're not professors no they eat yeah Congratulations ah. to Cash. This is beautiful. I know it's going to get top marks. I hope so. Mm-hmm. He needs, he needs all the help he can get. Uh, don't talk like that. That's crazy talk. What else did I have Well, here? He's, he's basically a straight A student except for math. And math is, we won't talk about that. Me and the other moms are always talking about math. We talked, we had a basketball doubleheader on Saturday. So I had a lot of time to talk to the other moms. And uh, yeah, math is hard for everybody, especially with the, the girls. It's like, no, no. And that did not, that came out differently than I expected. We all shared our reckons about why it is that all the girls feel so bad about math. But mm. my gut is a lot of boys feel bad about math too. Yeah. Well, my kid will be doing, she's, okay, I'm not going to be that guy. My kid does very well in school. Her, her numbers on things are remarkable. Uh, but she'll be doing great in math, 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 math. She did two weeks of homework ahead of time before she went to camp. And I was like, you really don't need to do that. She's like, I'll feel better if I get this two weeks of homework done. She did in like three days, but she'll be fine. Homework, 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 math, 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 fine, fine, fine. She'll have one bad day with the worksheets or with Khan Academy or whatever. And now she thinks she's like the stupidest kid in the world. And I, I think get the feeling that's not unique to her. No, Does your I kid think ever it, beat himself up over oh, that. Oh yeah. I think it's so easy to, to, you know, to go in thinking, oh, I'm going to do all right. And you find out you do horrible. I mean, it's perfectly normal and natural, I think, to feel terrible about that. And it's maybe uh, one side effect of the very interesting and competent way that math is taught now, which we've talked about before, how math, we're not even talking about the new math of the 70s. We're talking about a whole different kind of math, arithmetic and problem solving, estimation, all the ways I'm sure your kids, I'm, I'm not sure, but anybody who's on any kind of like a core curriculum stuff about uh, math now is learning math very differently than you and I did. And it is quite remarkable to watch, but it takes a lot more thinking. A lot of her homework or the worksheets she gets are like a fairly simple operation is shown, but then it'll say, show three different ways to solve this operation. So you have to be pretty creative about, and then certain ones are banned, like the little um, boxes that they learned a couple years ago are verboten now. You have to use new ways of doing that. Wait, which, so which it, boxes? You mean the, the boxes where you you're doing do, ones and tens and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like where you have to do, like, say you have to do like 35 times 12. Right. And then you make a box with, um, you know, 30, this many 30s, this many fives. 
You know what I'm saying? And yes. you break it down and yes. it's this yes. table, like a two two by two table or whatever. Yeah. And, which is not how I know. I learned it the dumb way where you do this, X, this, and then you take that and you carry the one. And that's not how they do it anymore. Mm. <laughs> their, their way of doing division is just like, it's division's actually pretty similar, but like, you know, division's just kind of the opposite of multiplication, but it feels much harder. But anyway, every kid's special. That's what I'm saying, really. It's true. I mean, you can't deny it. I don't have a ton, ton, ton of stuff. I do have, um, we had some some good, difficult questions from listeners. Some we of them sure are too did. difficult. But did you get Anna's email, by the way? <laughs> yes, I did. I did get her email. <laughs> I replied to her email. Uh-huh. Did you, did I, you like her article? I, I, yeah. She wants to know if you liked your article and isn't yeah. sure if you got the email. She's not sure if she's using the right address. I wrote her back and I said. Is that the one we're talking about here? She found yes. a link to like, like a, a Faith Corpy show from yeah. like 2001. Uh-huh. And has a question. Once she has a similar article <laughs> mm-hmm. on the now discontinued five by five wiki, which is just an IP address. She found an article and wants to know if she, if we like her article. Yeah. And, 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 and could <laughs> we add so it? Bizarre. Could we update it? And. Well, did you, so you wrote back to her? I wrote back. I said, oh, Anna, I said, Anna, we have, I love your article. I said, we have so much to talk about. Anna. And if you would just please write me back, yes. then I, I would love to speak to you. So about she it. had, did she have the right email address for you? I don't know what she had. I don't know. Okay. But did, and, but did you receive the email? And the I second did. Email? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. I still haven't gotten them because I don't have email. <sighs> it's complicated business. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, we are now at the juncture where you can choose to, you can choose your own adventure. You're going to Bandersnatch this. Okay. You can Bandersnatch me. Mm. You can, uh, <laughs> at this point, choose to tell me, uh, curate some books that you like, or you could tell me about a second thing that you like. Let's do the books. Um, boop, 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 boop. I got such... Context, Dan. Context. What's okay, context? Okay, so uh, a, a few weeks back, maybe two episodes back, yep, yep, yep. I asked the audience if they could recommend some books for my son and I to read. And uh, in my, the style of the Reardon man. Yes, Rick Reardon, I think, or Reardon. Is that how you say it? Reardon sounds oh. better. Have I been saying it wrong on the side? Anyway. Isn't there um, a Reardon in comics? Sure. Hmm. So. I, um, oh, oh, before pause, me, uh, me, uh, me. Uh, Rick Reardon, Rick Reardon, Rick Reardon, Reardon, the, this, uh, Raul, Raul Riera on Twitter says today I learned about command shift five. Do you know about command shift five? Me personally? Yes. Well, my I've known about I use, command shift I still four. use voila. I still use voila and voila. I need to stop using it. So all of my key commands make things happen wrong. Is this the one where you select part of the screen? Yeah. Okay. So I've always known about shift command four or uh, control shift command four, which copies it right into the clipboard to take a screenshot mm. so that you can, if you just do, if you just do shift command four, you can then draw a, a, a rectangle on the screen of the area that you want to select, or if you want to select a whole window, you can hit the space bar to toggle between windows or wow. areas of the screen. But that's so cool. What he told me about was command shift five, mm-hmm. which I didn't know existed. This, instead of dra- drawing a, 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 a rectangle, you it puts up like a selection box that then you can grab corners and tweak and move around with a little grabby hand cursor. And you can also pick oh, options. Oh, you mean to, like a classic running ants or yes, crop yes. tool. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, like a crop tool. And you can do the entire screen. You can do a window. You can do the selected portion. You oh, can record the screen or a portion. There's options that allow you whether you want to show the mouse pointer or not, whether you want it to um, do a timer. You can do, uh, you can yeah, save so it can, to the desktop, out, the like, clipboard, the documents like folder, email it automatically. It's, this is just built in. It's amazing. So I put that in the show notes if you want to see how to That's do a that. good one. That's a Swiss Army knife. I should get off this. See, I used to be on... Voila. I used to be a big screenshotter. And uh, what did I use? For the longest time, I used Skitch. And Skitch was oh, yeah. really, really good. But then, like everything, Skitch got terrible and turned into a social network. And it was stupid. And now I'm on this thing called Voila. I have, I have certain apps on my 
computer that are just redonkulous, like in terms of how old and stupid they are. And one of them is I should get off. I should get off of that. I should get back to the standard ones. So if I take off, is that is this only in Mojave? I don't know because that's all I have to test it on right now. But right, I know that the shift command this is- four thing has been around for a Many, 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 many years. I don't know how many, but a long time. Command shift five for me is um, screenshot this window. It doesn't bring up a little. A no, little... I probably re. I probably rejiggered it like a dingaling. Are you on Mojave? Mm, not at work. So no. maybe, maybe this is a Mojave only thing. Mojave. I'll try Mojave. it on my home machine. I'll try it on my Marco Mac. <clears throat> All right. So back to the book thing. Um, I had, uh, I had requested some suggestions for the uh, Rick books. Reardon. Reardon books. And, uh, <laughs> nice workaround. Yeah. For the Rick and, books. And uh, it says we finished most of those or all of those. And there were a couple that he read on his own. He read the Apollo ones on his own. So we're looking for something new to read. My daughter uh, fell in love with the uh, Lord of the Rings movies that we watched as a family. And so now she's, she's reading, well, not on her own, but having The Hobbit read to her. So my son did not want to read The Hobbit again, uh, so we're looking for other things, but he wasn't ready to commit to the Lord of the Rings books just yet. So we're, I asked for people to make some suggestions, and I got a lot of suggestions, and many people suggested the same thing, and I put them in the show notes by the number of times that they were suggested. So we have things like Artemis Fowl, uh, the Chronicles of Pridian, Pridian, um, the, the Dark is Rising sequence, uh, po- Subhuman by David Simpson. Um, Hugh Howey does these books. Uh, there's like three of them. The first one I think is called Wool. So You Want to Be a Wizard. Alcatraz versus the Evil Librarians. Skyward by Brandon Sanderson and, and a whole series of books that he does. The Last Magician by Lisa Maxwell. Divergent series. Um, I'm going to move your think like a winner one to the top there. Hold on there. That's better. Oh, look at that. You can move it over the title. Not what I wanted to do. Um, Arlo Finch in the Valley of Fire. Maze Runner. Uh, did I say the Divergent series already? Yeah. It's all, at this point, this is the Rat King for There's me. so like the same book. many books <clears throat> in here. But I was surprised to find that a lot of the books that were suggested and that I wanted to to get were for some reason like they're not available on um on Amazon at all. <laughs> this uh, is covered in the Chris Hayes podcast today. Is it? Yeah, basically the way that they push out um <laughs> this podcast. Like I could get so them on Kindle, depressing. but I can't get yes. them on uh, as just a regular old book. They cut off a lot of the long tail. There's just they're not going to carry a lot of stuff that's not popular enough. They're not even going to like, you know, in the traditional Chris Anderson long tail idea, well, I, that's mostly, again, for digital goods. But yeah, there's there's less and less. It used to be Amazon was so good for finding obscure stuff, even yeah. just through Marketplace. But they're increasingly choking that out, apparently. That's Interesting. Depressing. Well, there are these how, books. How does anything go out of print? It drives me crazy. Yeah, I don't know why it would, but I, there are these books uh, by Robert Asprin, the myth books. So oh, like, my God. He did Rink Splinter in the Mind's Eye? Was that him? No. I don't, I don't know if I he to- did that, he too. Did, what did he do? He did a book I loved when I was a kid. Well, they have oh, all yeah, of these books that are uh, like they're they use the word myth as a, as a pun. So you get books with titles like Another Fine uh, Myth, Myth Conceptions, Myth, conceptions, myth Directions, um, Mythic Link, and things like that. <sighs> and so I remember reading these things when I was in like fourth or fifth grade and loving them. And so like all those are really hard to find unless, unless it's on Kindle and I gave my son, right. my old Kindle and my gave my daughter, my other Kindle and they never read them on the Kindle. They want my real books. My kid hates reading books on a device. <laughs> so she despises I. it. Why is that? I don't know. This is going to drive me crazy. What did he write? Didn't he write one of the star Wars novels? Robert? No, he wrote, he wrote some fantasy novel when I was a kid. Robert Lynn Aspirin. It's not going to show up here because it's probably out of print. What a great name. Um, Aspirin. Could that be real? Have you, so, so what, what have you acquired of these? Uh, I have not gotten any yet. We're still struggling with which one to pick first. Right. Um, but I figured that I would put them into the show notes. He, he did seem to be interested in the Artemis Fowl one. And that was by far the, the most suggested one that I've heard of. And they're apparently they're, 
been Disney has been making a movie that mm-hmm. comes out in like mid year August 2019. Or uh, so that that's probably what we're gonna start with. Oh, I found it. What'd you find? Oh my god! What he wrote, the book? He wrote Thieves. He wrote Thieves World. I don't know what oh that one is. God, look look at this cover. Well, you can guess what period of my life I read this book. <laughs> look at that cover. Oh, wow. Yes, that's the one of his that I read. Yes, so that was 1979. Wow, okay, sorry. Oh, yeah, in the City of Sanctuary. Oh, my God, I forgot I, I, forgot I read this. A lot of wow. good stuff out okay, there in there. Notes. It's so nice to have these things to choose from. That is awesome. It's great when you find one of these... Uh one of these things that like, it's like a long lost memory and you see the cover of a book and it like the whole thing storms back into your brain. I remember especially just loving the cover of this. It's so D and D. It's like actually sitting in an inn in armor with knives and a guy's bringing them mugs of stuff. It's like, this is so D and D. Weren't you you posting something about like Morden Kanan's, uh, thing last week, something I saw on Twitter you were doing. Jeff D. Oh yeah. Might've been when I was talking about Jeff D. Yeah, um, I have you have you seen the D and D art book? Yes, I have. I bought you it. You did? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It's good. It's not what I was hoping for, which shouldn't surprise me. But I mean, I know, for example, in the case of Jeff D, I have not followed the drama on this, but I know that he is basically redrawing a lot of his stuff. It's sort of like, you know how Jeff Lynn, lots of bands have done this now, re-record their hits and then put it I out. Hate, I so hate like they when they do that. Well, yeah. And like there aren't already enough ELO compilations. Now you have to also figure out, well, is this the bad one where they re-recorded? The ELO one's actually pretty good. It's It sounds a lot the same. But Jeff D, I think, is redrawing, uh, especially, I want to say, Deities and Demigods. But I was hoping there'd be more of that. I was hoping there'd be more. A lot of it is, some of it's actually, some of the best parts of the book are the marketing stuff and the ads, seeing those old ads for D&D stuff, the old TSR stuff, seeing like, I owned a copy of the original, I think it was a um, like a reissue, but I owned the original D&D set, the little box with the little booklets. Yeah. And um, it's really fun though. It's good to go back and see stuff like, what was the thing? Am I wrong? Was Thieves World like a D&D thing? I feel like at one point there were like campaigns. Yeah, I think I, I think so. World D&D. Well, anyway, I I, I am excited to check out some of these books and I really appreciate everyone yeah, who's exciting. And also, please stop sending them now. I think it was called, I think the world was called Sanctuary. Yeah. Yes, Thieves World Sanctuary. There it is. I'll be hornswoggled. Yes, this is good. So now, boy, you got to... Got a whole whole bunch yeah, of good stuff here. Yeah. As part of my office purge, I'm starting to become more candid with myself about how many of these books I have that I really need. Do you have an extensive library? Mm, I wouldn't say. I mean, I've got a lot of like the books that are special to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got two long boxes and four short boxes of comics that I probably don't need, and that I need to like put it up in a prettier way. Um, at one point, Moises was kind enough to give me tons of his old X-Men comics. So I've got a lot of old X-Men comics. Thank you, Moises. Um, but you know what it is? I This sounds unkind, but people used to send me like, you know, galleys and complimentary copies of business books. So I've got all these business books with a cover letter in it that I've never even cracked. You know, the one thing that was all those Wall Street big shots don't want you to know about MLM. Oh, yeah. Or whatever. And I just, I just, they just need to go away. I don't even want to donate them. <laughs> some of them. But like the DK book on office, uh, how to be a manager. Like, I don't think I need that anymore. Although I love a DK book. You know the DK book? No, I'm trying to think what that means. You know a DK book. DK makes the sticker books. Oh, the, yes, they, yes, 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 of course. They do the Star Wars books. Yeah. DK is like a big imprint for like, here's a picture of a man in khaki yeah, pants. It's, with a it's got the little, and their signatures. logo is like a little open book with a D on the left side and a K on the right side. That's, I think that's exactly yeah. right. It's very memorable. They do, they do most of those sticker books we buy. Yeah, there it is, a D and a K. Go figure. Well, Dan, before our connection blows up again, uh, was there anything else you had to tell I me? I would love to tell you all about Molecule. Now, you, Molecule now you have one. With a K. You have one. With a K. Have one. Is that right? Yes. How do you like it? It runs. It runs all the time in my house. Well, I, as far as I can tell, it works great. I mean, 
we're breathing and stuff yeah. and it just runs. That's good. It's great. It's pretty. <laughs> it runs. Yeah. It was a, I, I, I can't prove this with science. I don't like to say science things, but when we had those terrible, not when we had, when the poor people up north of us were suffering from the terrible fires, including the campfire, which is a terrible name for a fire, we had awful, awful, awful smoke for something like two weeks in uh, our city. And it, I noticed it was a noticeable, measurable difference mm-hmm. in how bad the pollution inside our house was after we got a molecule. It was a godsend. I love the molecule. We, oh, tell me about molecule. What's the deal with molecule? We have this thing running 24-7 in our sort of main family area of the house. And for me, I feel like it makes a huge difference. I think it's made a big difference for my kids. They, You know, th- this is anecdotal, but we're human beings. Everything's anecdotal. It seems mm. like we get sick less. Um, mm-hmm. my allergies, which are not generally that bad, but at this time of the year, the cedar fever happens here in Austin, especially we're like in the peak months. This is the best, uh, or I should say the least uh, suffering I've ever had this time of year here in, in Austin. I, I attribute it to the molecule. This is a reinvention of an air purifier. It's not just an improvement on the existing and, 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 to be honest, outdated technology of just sucking air in and pushing it through a HEPA uh, filter. This is beyond that. This goes a lot beyond that. This actually destroys indoor air pollutants at a molecular level, completely removing them from the air in your house or in your office. Um, and what it uses is something called PECO, P-E-C-O, photoelectrochemical oxidation nanotechnology that eliminates mm. allergens, it eliminates mold, it eliminates bacteria and viruses and airborne chemicals by destroying them. And this technology, PECO, can destroy pollutants a thousand times smaller than what a HEPA filter can even capture. And, uh, and these claims, by the way, have been tested and verified by third-party laboratories like the University of Minnesota Particle Calibration Laboratory and the University of South Florida Center for Biological Defense. So this is real, and this is replacing 70-year-old technology, what was, you know, stuff that they came out with in the 40s. This is new stuff. This is breakthrough science that actually destroys those particles. And... Uh, I'm looking at the notes here. One customer said that she was able to breathe through her nose for the first time in 15 years. Like this is huge for allergy sufferers. It can help you sleep better because a lot of people that have um, allergies or asthma struggle at night while they're sleeping. This helps with that. Uh, All of this is, is great. I love mine. And uh, this, I just want to mention, this isn't like one of those junky plastic ones you're going to find like at the big box store in town. This is something really nice. The packaging is awesome. The item itself, it's this beautiful silver aluminum, t- uh, small tower. That's like a, like a pillar almost. And it, it has mm-hmm. a little display on the top so you can get your app on your, um, iPhone or your Android phone and you can configure everything that it does right there. Uh, it's super, super cool and really high end. And it has like, there's this blue light in it that, uh, I guess is involved in the the filtering process, but you can. I think the, the technical term. I think it's a zapper. A zapper. Game. So you can. It might be a zapper. I think that's what zaps. It's the just so cool, and you can set different modes to it, where it's like you can set an automatic mode. You can have it be silent. You can have it be no blue right. light. It's really very cool. cool. So they're offering seventy five dollars off your first order if you go to Molecule and enter the 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 code back to work. And let me spell that for you because it is with a K M O L E E. K-U-L-E, Molecule, M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E dot com. And the code to enter for 75 bucks off your first order is back to work. I love it. People have tweeted to us with pictures of them once they've got them in. I love seeing that. I think Molecule likes it too. Uh, So we appreciate the support of Molecule, molecule molecule.com, code to use, back to work. Thanks very much for supporting this show. Dr. Merlin Mann. Oh, buck, buck. Molecule. 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 Let's not press our luck. No. You're not going to know this because Dan's such a good editor, but we've, we've been having some technical uh, uh, zip-zabs. Yeah, this, I mean, the show will never air, but... Oh, it's probably better that way. <laughs> it's probably better that way that the show will never air. <laughs> Keep it off the air. People don't want to hear your edit slicing. Your slicing dicing. Wow. Your vacuum dicing. Your discount pricing. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if I. Uh, 
anything else we need to tell people about? I don't think people keep sending us hard questions, uh, difficult questions. Do you want to do one or do you want to just start? We should do, dedicate the whole next show to it. I guess we could. Some of them are very difficult. Well, I can't tell what time we're at anymore. We, we, got, we got a good hour there. Yeah, it's a don't solid, it's a solid, uh, solid hour. I don't want to try people's, I don't want to try people's attention. You know no, I don't want to do that. That's not my we'll, MO. We'll go as long as you want. No, I feel good. What? No, I do too. Um, so uh, are you interested in people continuing to send you books? No, ideas? no, I want them to not do that anymore. We've got them. We're set for the rest of our life. All right, let me, let me spin this. Dan would like to say thank you very much for sending him Reardon's. Uh, but at this point, everyone can stop. Cease and desist. Also, Anna, Anna, I'm sorry. Once again, I did not get your third email either because I don't have email. I did read it, but I didn't receive it. Please send it again. Send it to a, f- a fourth time to that email address, please. Please and thank you. And I liked your article, even though I didn't get the email. Hmm. Okay, let's button this up. Okay. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.